too. Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brown. And I must say, delighted to be joined here for the second time this week, the fantastic Jonathan Johnson. Of course, if you're in the States, you'll know him from CBS, who, of course, has been on their Champions League coverage, their Europa League coverage. Uh, this guy has been everywhere over the last couple of years, just as the quality of his work in his journalism. I've came across him a few years ago. Uh, and uh, I'm honoured to have him on the show. He did this show for me earlier in the week, unfortunately. Um, that computer that I bought off Cliff Richard didn't quite work. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Very well, thanks. And yourself? All good, man. All good. Thank you so much for joining me. Let me ask you about uh, French football and the fallout from the Euros before we get into some other topics. Uh, what has been the reaction to the French team's performance at the Euros? Obviously, uh, you know, there's been a lot of soul searching, a lot of disappointment uh, since the penalty defeat to Switzerland. Uh, there's been a bit of recrimination as well. Um, I'm sure everyone by now is aware of the argument between Adrian Rabiot's mother and agent, yeah. Veronique, uh, and Paul Pogba's family, Kylian Mbappe's family. Uh, you know, so obviously there was that element of controversy. Uh, you know, a bit of criticism went uh, Didier Deschamps' way as well. I mean, the surprising thing about all of it is I think everyone expected Karim Benzema to be the main talking point after the tournament, given that he was reintegrated just before uh, the Euro got underway. Yet, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's the, probably the person who comes out of it with the most credit given his performance, uh, his goal scoring haul. Uh, so, you know, obviously the, the decision has been made to continue with uh, Didier Deschamps. We know that already. The French Football Federation president has announced that. So really, it's just a question now of looking ahead to 2022 uh, and how things can be improved, because it feels like a big opportunity missed for France, especially given the dynastic potential that, uh, you know, the French have, given that there's so much talent at, at every level. They usually like to single out one or two scapegoats for... Um, and, and blame them for how things have gone wrong. Uh, is there anyone in particular the French are singling out uh, for, for most of the blame? I mean, obviously Mbappe is an easy target because he missed the penalty. Uh, you know, there's also a bit of criticism going towards uh, the likes of Paul Pogba for the pass that he made in the build-up to one of Switzerland's late goals. Uh, Clément Longley, who had a terrible match uh, against the Swiss, uh, truth be told. Benjamin Pavard, uh, Raphael Varane, you know, guys who were not at their normal level or not at the high standards that they set in 2018. Uh, Hugo Lloris as well, uh, you know, fell victim to that. Although, you know, any criticism towards him was tempered by the fact that he saved a penalty in that game against the Swiss. But I wouldn't say that there's any one person who's being singled out for the blame. Obviously, Deschamps has taken a bit of flack as well uh, because of his tactical decisions, uh, you know, but it's not been easy for for people to just you know bin france's exit all on one person it's it's been a bit spread out uh you know but i'd say that you know mbappe obviously was a very easy target when you miss a penalty yeah what don't we know uh let me ask you about tv deal because um one of the things that happened to french football uh was the collapse of the tv deal which hit the clubs hard financially amazon have announced a deal for Liga and Ligue 2. uh how is that? Is that help French clubs in terms of is it an improvement on the financial deals that they've had before? Uh, are they taking a cut? How is this going to help, or will it help at all, uh, French clubs? It's not an improvement at all. Uh, it's a big drop, but also at the same time, I don't think that there's really very much value in comparing uh, the current deal to the one uh, with MediaPro that collapsed so quickly. 
because at the end of the day, it was just so unrealistic. Uh, I think the the worst thing about it for French football is that so few people asked questions when they should have done. You know, it was too good to be true. Uh, and, you know, nobody really uh, took steps to ensure that the clubs would be, be protected if, if things didn't work out, especially uh, when they saw the impact or the fallout uh, before the media pro deal kicked in uh, of the prematurely ended 2019-20 season. So, you know, that was obviously majorly disappointing. It's important for the French clubs at the moment to be getting that money in. No, it's nowhere near um, the money that they budgeted to have because of media pro. But yes, it's, you know, a shot in the arm and something that will help them. Um, and obviously they'll be looking forward to welcoming fans back to the stadium for the new season. That will be a big boost as well, because there's a lot of French clubs that, you know, really rely on the money that comes in on a match day. Um, but there are still some clubs who are in major financial trouble. You know, Lille champions uh, like Inter Milan are being forced to sell some of their best uh, players. have uh, lost their coach as well to Nice. There's not many clubs in France at this moment in time who are, I wouldn't say immune to the, the, the financial impact of, of COVID, but, uh, you know, are well protected against it. Obviously, PSG being a major exception. Uh, nice as well, who have strong backing from Ineos. But other than that, pretty much every other club, uh, you know, the players are up for sale at the right price. Uh, and you've got clubs like Bordeaux and Angers, uh, you know, who were even relegated uh, provisionally until they could provide detailed evidence and proof um, that they are not going to be in financial trouble this coming season. So it's been a pretty hairy period, uh, you know, but the, the Ligue 1 setup now looks set. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of clubs will now concentrate on trying to bring in uh, as much money as they can in terms of transfers without losing uh, you know, key talents that are going to weaken them, especially with some of them seeing players going off to the Olympics, uh, which will impede their chances of performing well in the early rounds of games. Let me ask you about some of those potential transfers, because one of the clubs that Pop Hope has been heavily linked with is PSG. It would have seemed that they're one of the few clubs in the world that would have the money to buy him. Um, I know he was criticised somewhat after his Europa uh, or his, his Europa his European performances, but he also played quite well in that tournament too. Um, how probable is it that we could see Paul Pogba at PSG next season? I definitely think he's a player that is of interest to PSG. And if any club is going to be able to stump up the money to sign Pogba at this moment in time, it's going to be a club like PSG. Um, you know, he there are two midfielders that are of interest to PSG, Pogba and Eduardo Camavinga. It's my understanding that PSG would prefer Pogba out of the two. Uh, you know, but would consider a move for Camavinga should uh, Pogba not be able to move on. It seems like, uh, you know, there, there there seems to be enough mutual interest uh, between the, the two parties that this could be a deal that gets done if, if PSG could put an attractive offer in front of United. But whatever happens, uh, you know, for PSG, they're going to have to now get rid of some of their high-earning players first, move on some of the deadwood uh, before they could... Uh, you know, even think about trying to make a move for someone like Pogba. So it is, it is something that's on PSG's radar, but I think it's something they're going to have to revisit in, say, a month's time. Uh, would that also put a death knell in Rafael Varane potential? Because obviously I know they sent Sergio Ramos. Um, uh, they were linked with him. I was told from exceptional source that they were interested in him. How firm that interest is, I don't know. I know Domichev was talking about it yesterday at Sky, saying that um, they finally withdrawn their interest. Uh, so would you assume that Rafael Varane will not be a PSG next season? 
Yeah, I don't think that he will be a PSG player. Um, that doesn't mean that they weren't interested in him. I mean, obviously, a very high-profile France international mm. uh, in a position which they decided to strengthen in, uh, you know, was always going to be of interest. However, when you have a free agent of the calibre uh, of Sergio Ramos, especially when PSG were looking at making the signings that they've made so far this summer. You know, we've seen Jorginho Wijnaldum come in from uh, Liverpool. We've seen uh, Donnarumma be confirmed now as well by PSG. You know, that's three very high-profile free transfer captures. And then you've got Ashra Hakimi as well, who's come in from Inter Milan. You know, so that's already a strong body of work that that PSG have put in uh, this summer, especially if you bear in mind that they might try and add Pogba to that. So I think... Uh, you know, especially when you've already got central defenders of the quality of Marquinhos and Presno Kimpembe, uh, it made more sense to go for somebody without a major transfer fee uh, like Ramos, uh, as opposed to Varane, despite the fact that I think there probably would have been a preference for Varane if it was solely about choosing between the two profiles, uh, because he's younger and obviously he's a, a high profile France international as well. What's the thinking between PSG's transfer strategy this summer? Because it does seem to be that the targeting players that are out of contract. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a question of now building the kind of squad that Pochettino wants to have. I mean, we've seen him, uh, you know, not exactly have a smooth ride of it so far since his arrival. Uh, you know, PSG have picked up some good results, especially in the Champions League, but also, you know, they had the disappointment of not winning the league title uh, and only finishing the, the season with one major piece of silverware, which was the, the Coupe de France. So it's really about getting back into a position where they can dominate in France uh, and continue to make this push um, based on their two most recent outings in the Champions League. Obviously, they got to the final the year before last, were beaten by Bayern Munich overcame Bayern uh, in the season just gone, but then fell short against Manchester City. So I think it's uh, it's just a question of adding quality where they can. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of debate about whether they needed Donnarumma or Na- uh, when they have Navas, but also at the same time, it's very rare that you have a goalkeeper of that quality become available on a free transfer. So I think many people can understand why PSG made this move now, especially when you see the way that he performed at the Euros as well. Uh, Wijnaldum, you know, gives them a bit more flexibility in the middle of the park. But I also think it now gives us an indication as to the kinds of players that PSG will be prepared to let go uh, this summer. Because as I said, there's going to be a major need to, to trim some of the fat on the wage bill. Obviously, one of those players that's heavily linked away and will repeatedly be heavily linked away. Nicholas and Alka come out uh, last week and said that Mbappe, to test himself against the Bears, is going to have to go to one of the Europe's top leagues. Um, he's an exceptional young talent. Uh, he cost a lot of money to get out of PSG. Are PSG nearing a point where they need to make a decision on his future? Because if he doesn't sign a new contract, I don't know what his contractual situation is when it expires. You, I'm, uh, I'm sure you would know. But uh, how much room do they have where they get to a point where they say, you either sign a new contract or we sell you? And, and, and do you think he would, will eventually leave PSG? Well, his contract at this moment in time is up next summer. So PSG oh. are not going to sell him this summer uh, and he's not going to push for a move. And I think really um, he, as I mean, everybody accepts that he's going to play for Real Madrid at some point in his future. I think we all know that. Uh, it's just a question of when. But the reality is that Real Madrid cannot afford somebody like Kylian Mbappe at this moment in time because they can't afford the transfer fee and the wages. 
that it would take to convince PSG to go to the negotiating table. They're confident that they can still convince him to sign a contract extension. So there's absolutely zero interest for them uh, in negotiating for his transfer away, uh, especially when you've got someone like Lionel Messi who's about to extend at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes away one potential replacement option. Uh, you know, and it's very difficult to find someone of the that quality, uh, you know, with with that that long left in their career, uh, you know, to, to, to bring in and replace Mbappe with. So there's absolutely zero interest from PSG's end to let him go at this moment in time and they'll fight tooth and nail uh, to, to keep him on for at least a, a couple more years. Uh, you know, and I think as well for Mbappe, uh, as much as he'd love to play for Real Madrid, I think he's wary of the fact that they cannot stump up the money that will be needed to bring him in, uh, whether it was... In a in a big money transfer move or on a free transfer next summer at this moment in time, given the salary cap limitations in La Liga, uh, and I also think as well he's wary of the fact that if he was to move to Real Madrid, he'd pretty much be their only big signing for a fairly significant period of time, as we saw with Eden Hazard, which means that Real couldn't build a squad around him, uh, and that Real Madrid squad is not getting any younger, and that's the the the, the problem that Carlo Ancelotti is walking into, returning to Santiago Bernabeu at this moment in time. So it's just a question of uh, you know working out exactly what the best move would be for for Mbappe for for his future. Uh, and my gut instinct is that he will eventually extend his contract. Obviously, he'll be very encouraged by the the business PSG have done this uh, this summer. But, uh, you know, when you've got somebody like Sergio Ramos, who's just coming out of that environment at Real Madrid, he'll also probably be able to give him some insight into exactly what it's like at the club at this moment in time, because it doesn't sound, I mean, okay, it's not as catastrophic as Barcelona, Mm. don't get me wrong, but it also sounds like it is a, a, a pretty testing period at this moment in time for Real. Yeah, I mean, Real Madrid, Barcelona are very financially precarious situations, um, that really is the question. Listen, we understand the lure of Real Madrid for any football player, but isn't Bappi at a where Real Madrid is his only serious alternative to PSG? Um, or is there other clubs? Because this is not Real Madrid 2007 that's going to load up a Galacticos. This is a Real Madrid and Barcelona that may not be serious contenders for a European championship for a few years until this all comes out. Uh, and the wise is because it's hard to see Barcelona can't even register free transfers. So does Mbappe look beyond Real Madrid and say, this isn't the only option for me? I mean, I think if we fast forward 12 months and Real are still in a precarious financial situation, there might be a moment where he considers whether he should be looking to move to Real Madrid later in his career to give him a bit more time to recover. You know, the the historical um, attraction with with Real is not going to go away uh, anytime soon. You know, they are always or at least, you know, for the foreseeable future, going to be considered, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest, Uh, you know, so there will always be that draw for star players. But like you said, uh, you know, the Barca and Real, two of the biggest names uh, in in club football, uh, you know, they're in such financial difficulty at the moment. If that starts to have an impact on, you know, the the Spanish club's performances in the Champions League and on the European scene, you know, yeah, perhaps it will uh, prompt Mbappe to to consider whether it's the right time for him to make that move. Uh, You know, and obviously if PSG can continue to build on uh, their good performances in the last couple of seasons, uh, you know, we saw them go out in the semis without Mbappe, uh, where Manchester City, 
uh, and they got beaten by Bayern the year before that. So if they can continue to build on that, then, you know, the case is strong for him to stick around for another year or so. And also, you know, something that Mbappe is not going to be able to do this summer is play in the Olympic Games. And in 2024, you have the Olympics in Paris. And to me, that's always seemed like a logical place for him to sign off uh, from French football and make his move then. Uh, last question to Jonathan. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I want to ask you about Kamavinga because you said that uh, he could be an alternative if Paul Pogba doesn't come uh, to PSG. Obviously, there's other clubs interested in him. Is Kamavinga close to a Paul Pogba level? Is he ready to step into a top team and hold down a, a regular position week in, week out? Or uh, what should teams expect if they end up signing Kamavinga? Pogba is definitely a player who has the potential to, to reach sort of a, a Paul Pogba level. Uh, I think he's got a way to go yet until he's consistent enough to, to be sort of considered in the same bracket. I also think as well, you know, always part of this Paul Pogba debate is the Pogba that we see playing at international level and the Pogba yeah. that we see playing at club level. Uh, you know, and I think as well, that's probably part of the attraction for PSG when they're looking at, when they're comparing Pogba and Camavinga, you know, they're looking at someone who might be the future of French football compared to somebody who still has a long way to go in his career, uh, but also seems to thrive in a, in a French environment. You know, he takes on this extra level of responsibility with the French national team. Uh, and I think they feel perhaps that he could do similar uh, you know, if he comes back and plays his uh, he plays his football uh, in his home country. So, you know, I definitely think that, that Camavinga has the potential to go and play for one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I just don't think that he will immediately provide the same sort of quality uh, sure. um, that Pogba can on his day. And I also think that he needs a bit more experience. Uh, to me, it would be logical for him to stick around in France for a bit longer, whether that's a PSG or... Uh, him staying in, uh, staying with Rennes. But it's completely understandable that clubs like United are interested in him. And while, while you have Rennes in such a position, uh, such a weak financial position because of what's going on in Ligue 1, it's definitely the time to strike for, for any European club interested. And the same goes for, for PSG. So if there was a time to move for Camavinga, it's definitely now after a disappointing last season, which he knows he can do better. Uh, and, uh, you know, now considering the situation Ren find themselves in. Last question, mate. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, if Rafael Varane goes to Manchester United, what should United fans expect from him? I mean, uh, you know, when you sign somebody of Rafael Varane's quality, everything that he's shown over the last few years with Real Madrid, with France, you know, you're expecting a world-class defender. Uh, and, you know, I think that a change of scenery, uh, you know, will do him good. He seems to have grown tired, uh, maybe a little complacent with his surroundings at Real Madrid and also with the French national team. And I think, you know, this summer, the, the disappointment of the Euro and potentially a new move uh, will reinvigorate him. And although he has this kind of veteran status, he is still quite a young player. You know, he's yeah. not hit 30 yet. Uh, so I definitely think that he has you know, the sort of the best part of the next 10 years to give to to another big club. And if it's not Real Madrid, then, you know, I think that a move to the Premier League with a with a club like United could be a good fit. Or Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not? Uh, mate, thank you so much for your kind, uh, uh, your time and, and obviously the, the quality of your information, which is always first class. Uh, folks, make sure you check this guy out. I'll tweet links to his uh, Twitter page. You should be following him if you're not. Thank you so much, mate. Much appreciated and wish you all the best. Thanks for doing this again. 
Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on. Take care. Cheers, Jonathan. See you, mate. Bye.